A promotional fee has been paid by the sponsor of this program for its editorial content. Statements, views, and beliefs expressed by the sponsor do not reflect those of WOKV or Cox Media Group. You're listening to a special Encore presentation of In the House with Ken and Jared. Our Ask the Experts weekend continues within the house with Jared. For all your questions on roofing, siding, and home improvement in general, call 340-1045. Jared at Universal Roof and Contracting is ready to answer your questions. In the house on News 104.5 WOKV. Hello, good morning, and welcome. That's right, in the house, your home improvement questions are answered right here right now. Hi, my name is Jared Mellick, host of this program. I do own a business called Universal Roof and Contracting. Uh, Throughout the week, we primarily help people with uh, their roofing, siding, and window needs. And then every weekend, come in and answer your home improvement questions. Been doing a radio show, home improvement radio show, for about 17 or 18 years now. Uh, Only in Jacksonville for a few years, uh, the radio show is. But um, uh, throughout the state and other areas, um, uh, have uh, been doing it longer. But we'd love for you to be a part of the show this morning. Uh, Any type of home improvement question is okay with me. Maybe you're thinking about doing a remodel or an addition, and you want to know what type of remodel or addition pays off. Maybe you're thinking about um, uh, painting and you don't want to know, should you, uh, should you prime it first or should you just paint over the top? Uh, maybe you are thinking about replacing some flooring and you want to know, what's the difference between engineered wood and regular hardwood and laminate? Really anything having to do with home improvement uh, is okay with me. A lot of questions I can answer. If I can't answer it, I'll let you know that as well. Number to dial is 340-1045. Again, 340-1045. You can also email me a question. Uh, You can do that through the website, either inthehouseshow.com or my company website, which is universalroofjacks.com. Just send it questions at universalroofjacks.com, and then I'll answer the question. I'll read the question first. uh, That way everybody knows what the question is, and then I'll answer it uh, live on the air. I do have some stuff on my talk agenda to get to today. I wanted to talk a a little bit about uh, energy efficiency and some changes, things that you can do uh, to your home to make your home home more energy efficient, Uh, and then um, some other tips and tricks and, uh, but would love for you to be a part of the show. Uh, let's face it, uh, I'm not the best part of this show. It's you, our great listener, uh, 3401045. And we do have the smartest listeners here on uh, News 1045 WOKV. That is for sure. All right. So, you know, energy efficiency, this time of year, uh, people start thinking about it, you know, cools down a little bit and and uh, you you start to feel a little coldness in the air. You start to feel a little briskness as uh, as you walk near your windows and doors if they're drafty. And uh, so uh, this is the time of year. A lot of people think about energy savings and about energy uh, consumption. And uh, you can your existing home more energy efficient, whether that's insulation or whether that's new windows or doors or whether that's adding additional ventilation, uh, whether it's um, uh, radiant barriers, whether it's uh, a new uh, HVAC system that is more efficient or uh, or it's um, sealing your duct work uh, to make sure that it's, that air isn't escaping as it's traveling through your ducts. All of those things are things that you can do to make your home more energy efficient. We're going to chat about some of those today uh, throughout the show between your calls. 
but again, if you want to call 340-1045. All right, let's go to Bill on the west side. Bill, you're in the house. How can I help you this morning? Yeah, yeah, we have a uh, patio. Part of the house is one wall, and the other part of the house is the second wall. It's got a nice flat slab, and I'm going to enclose the other two walls. My question is, we put the uh, pressure-treated two-by-four down to put the studs up on mm-hmm. the concrete. Right. Shouldn't there be some sort of sealant or membrane or something to water, to case water, so the water won't leak between the concrete and the wood? Well, let's um, let's can I, let me start a little bit sooner than that first before I answer that question. So the most of the time when we have that exterior patio area, it is at a different level, uh, different grade than what the interior of the house is. And so, is that the case here? Is there a step down from the interior of the house when you go out on that patio? Yes, there is. Uh, okay, so th- this is one of the biggest mistakes that I see people make when they when they close in that area is that they do not raise the floor, and then what ends up happening is is they get water intrusion that comes in along that outer wall that you build, and then floods that area, and so. I do not recommend that you keep the grade of that what was exterior patio that you're closing in. I do not recommend that you keep that same grade. I recommend that you that you pour that floor so that it's the same height as the interior of the home. Okay, that's exactly what I thought. But I had some people disagree with me and it's just bugging the heck out of me. So um Yes. All right. Can you put two inches of concrete over over that or or you say make it the exact same height as the house. Yeah, I I like if you're closing are you closing it in and air conditioning it? Is that what you're doing? Yeah, I'll have it air conditioned. Okay. So yes, I think that you should should make it the same height as the interior of the home. Because what'll happen, sometimes people will want to end up removing the, the door that separates that area, and then all of a sudden you still have a step down. So the best remodels and additions are ones that don't look like they're remodels or additions. And height changes in floors is one of the biggest ways that we can see that this area was closed in or added on later on. So I think that it's a good idea to pour it the same height as the, what the rest of the house is. Now, you do have to be cautious when you're pouring concrete over concrete because what happens is is that if the concrete isn't thick enough, thick enough, then it actually cracks. And so uh, many times what you have to do is you have to etch the existing concrete that is there so it'll actually adhere or there's, addition, there's other types of additives that you can put on top of the concrete so that there will be a bond between the old concrete and new concrete. And also, it's a good idea that, that when they deliver the concrete, they can add fibers to it that give it strength so that that way it, it, uh, it can be held together uh, with, um, uh, with fibers and not be as thick. See, part of what gives concrete its, its thickness is either rebar, strengthening rebar, or um, uh, uh, fibers or thickness uh, is what gives it a part of its strength. If it's, if it's thin, and especially if you're putting concrete over concrete, then it can crack later on as it cures. And so either you, you need to add rebar or you need to add that's drilled into the old one, or you need to add some um, some additives to the concrete so that, that it does give it strength so that it doesn't crack. I got it. 
Okay, I appreciate it. And then, yeah, no problem. And then also, there it there does have to be the the waterproofing material on the uh, on the outside of that new wall that you're framing has to come down below the level of where the concrete is. So one, we stop water from coming in because of the height changes because of the grade. And then secondly, there does have to be some sort of waterproofing membrane that again, also won't allow the water to come in underneath of that two by four that you're placing on top of the, uh, on top of that new, uh, you know, the new slab that you're building. Right. Okay. I got it. All right. Thanks, Bill. Appreciate your call, man. Bye. Bye. All right, number to dial with your home improvement questions, uh, 340-1045. Again, 340-1045. You know, the, the, the lesson that Bill just gave is a, is a great lesson, which is that he used his common sense. He said that when he was getting uh, opinions from people and they said to just go right over the top, that it didn't make sense to him. When you're involved in home improvement projects and when you're getting uh, – when you're getting quotes and you're getting advice from people, I really want you to build it through the through the the filter of does that make sense to me? And you get a different opinions because if you get three people out, you're going to get different opinions on what um, uh, on what is right. So you also back that up with facts. You you back it up with okay, what is the research? If somebody's saying that um, that it uh, that it you can just go over the top, you know, does that make sense? And then show me the research that shows that that's okay. So so Bill, I like that you that you use that as a filter as you are um, uh, talking to different people about that project. So good luck with that for sure. All right, let's go to Jim in San Marco. Uh, Jim, you're in the house. How can I help you, man? Yeah, have a uh, existing residential uh, house that's on a uh, terrazzo floor slab. I want to. Uh, I bought the house, and uh, the original. It's uh, I'm the second owner. The original owner evidently uh redid their water lines from under the slab sewer uh water lines and ran them up into the attic and came down and replumbed to existing bathrooms i want in kitchen area i wanted to add uh, an interior bathroom and my concern was twofold one i had one plumber and he says yeah we'll just dig here and tap into the line and i said well can't we uh, how do how do we know it's going to be deep enough to take the gravity flow of the sewer from the new bathroom toilet in John? And I also was worried about existing water lines in the slab that might be uh, that are now presumably non-functional. But I just didn't want to create headaches. So number one, can't they or, or is there equipment that can kind of photo or X-ray? That, a, that trunk line to receive the existing trunk line to receive the new sewer so I know I have enough grade to take my gravity flow from the new bathroom, one, and then two, might there be problems with interrupting or are those water lines that have been moved to the attic dead under the slab? Woo. How about all that? 
<laughs> yeah, I, and I'm with you. So I, those are those are great questions uh, for sure. All right, so let's talk about the the water lines first. So yeah, once the so it's very common uh, when a house is replumbed if it is uh, on a slab, it's very common to take those new uh, supply water lines and run them through the attic. Um, one just because it's a lot less expensive than tearing out all your floors and cutting uh, new holes in all the floors. The attic is just the easier way to do it. And so it is extremely common uh, when a house is replumbed uh, for all the supply lines to now run through the attic. So once that happens, once it's now moved to the attic, all of the supply line piping that is in the slab is 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 it's not working. Like there's no water going through okay. it. So okay. I so yeah, I have zero concerns about cutting the old supply lines that are that are in the slab. I have zero concerns about it whatsoever. So that's okay. one part of your question. Second part of your question is, is okay, you're adding a bathroom to a central area of the home. And then how do you make sure that the fall is right? So that, cause let's, let's face it. My dad always used to term it was, you know, crap runs downhill. <laughs> and so, so you want to make sure that you have enough, um, uh, enough fall from one area to the other to make sure that all of that stuff uh, that we right. know goes in uh, to bathrooms. We want to make sure that that flows out. Well, I think that you can do that without actually getting too highly technical about it. Basically, you just measure from where that new bathroom is to where you believe that the other lines are. And if you have the plans from the existing house, you have a good idea. Most of the time, plumbers, you can tell because what's going to happen is, is they're usually going to run straight lines and then they're going to go off in either direction. And so you can usually have a really good idea just looking at it. If a plumber looks at it, where those lines are, you just measure the distance and see if you have enough fall. So again, I would just get a couple plumbers out to take a look at it, get a couple different opinions. And like, I, I know that if I went there, I'd be able to tell you, you know, with within 95% certainty, whether or not you had a fall, enough fall from one distance to the other. So I don't, you can get as technical as they do have, you know, different materials that can actually go in and, and, and see where they are, but you can't necessarily see the height of them. You know what I mean? You right. don't know, mm -hmm. you, you don't know if it's four and a half inches down or, or if it's five inches down, you know what I mean? And so, right. um, so, uh, it's about, it's about 10 feet away from an existing bathroom. And my, my concern wasn't so much, I think that I do would have enough fall just looking at new construction and seeing how the, where they have put the lines down a, a fair distance below grade to get that natural fall. Um, my biggest concern was, uh, where he, where we had one plumber, he says, well, we can, I think it's right about here. And right about here is in the, in the middle of an existing adjacent bedroom. And I said, okay, I, I don't, mind going there but we want to make sure if it's over five feet all of a sudden we're blowing up more floor area to get to that trunk line so my i was asking them can they come in with a camera or something like that or or like you said i'm i'm guessing a, a good plumber would would be able to guesstimate pretty uh, logistically where that line was but i'm trying to really pinpoint it to make to be more conservative and, and damage done to the existing floor. 
Sure. Now the the terrazzo, because you talked about having terrazzo, is do you still have the terrazzo as the surface, or do you have some other flooring material over the top? Uh, they put a tile over it, uh, so they would have to you know pop the tile, and then there's the the terrazzo floor, which is really pretty nice, but. Uh, <laughs> But we would probably go back with some kind of covering. So that's as being in a bedroom. I thought, okay, I could, you know, retile or re I'm not too worried about the, the, uh, um, you know, replacement. But I do, you know, want to limit it as how much I would have to replace or go down or whatever, whatever. Sure. So with terrazzo, I mean, I would have a bigger concern if you didn't have flooring over the terrazzo, because when you patch terrazzo, it's never going to it's never going to look the same. You know what I mean? So um, so I would have more of a concern if you were trying to keep the aesthetics of a terrazzo. You know, we add in in the. I used to do more remodeling than I do now, and we would add bathrooms all the time. And our method of doing it was not we did not take. Um, uh, and do you know all of the specialized equipment to do it? We would be able to tell you within a, a certain amount of of, of of assurance, within a few feet, uh, whether or not um, uh, that um, where that plumbing line most likely was. So that's typically the way that we would handle it. I have seen uh, different equipment that does allow you to look at where the plum plumbing lines are, but most plumbers don't have it's a most plumbers don't have it. So I wouldn't be that concerned. Great. Right. Well, fantastic. All Thanks, right. brother. Thank you very much. Appreciate your call. All right. That music means I got to take a break. Uh, we'll be right back. You're listening to In the House. Hello. Welcome back. In the House, your home improvement questions are answered. You want to give us a call, you can do that. 340-1045. 340-1045. Let's go to John in Orange Park. John, how can I help you this morning? Good. How you doing this morning? I'm doing really well. Thanks. Um, I'm in a process of wanting to purchase a home, and uh, I actually moved into this home, and I've been in it for about six months. And we started having some kind of weird things going on with the ceiling, so I went to the attic. And the trusses, uh, the actual truss that you apply the plywood to, mm -hmm. the corners that the support beam comes down that attaches to the actual ceiling truss, mm -hmm. those corners, about eight or ten of them have cracked. Wow. So I called the owner. He was supposed to send a contractor after to fix them. Well, after he left, I went in the attic, and he took about 22 by 4s eight foot long, and just nailed them across the truss. Is that safe? Or is, this, is that against code? Or how is this, that work? When you say that you, you're new to the house, is it a brand new house, or was it, like, when was it built? Um, it was built in 2006. Okay. So it's not metal. Yeah. Okay. So uh, there's a difference. Uh, yeah. Okay. So it, it was an existing home. It's not like you bought it straight from the builder. Is it was really my it was more of my question. Oh. Okay. Yeah. So um, could, just because that my uh, my advice is different in those two scenarios. So if this was new construction, you just purchased the house and they're breaking, then I would say, okay, you need to get the building department involved because it's it, it's so new. With this scenario, the house was built in 2006, so it's over 10 years old. So I do think it's a good idea to get a to get a um, a, a structural engineer involved. So it is not normal for eight to 10 trusses to crack or break. And so I just want to make sure that there's some, not some larger issue that is happening that 
that this is a symptom of. In other words, if um, you know the the trusses are designed to hold up the weight of the roof structure, and so it, it this is not a normal scenario for eight or ten of them to actually break. If we saw separation in one, then I wouldn't get too concerned. You know, sistering a new truss next to it, meaning that you place a new truss next to it or a new support next to it and anchor the two together for additional support, tying those two pieces together. In general, that's not a bad solution if you have one broken truss. But when you have eight or ten, that means that those are eight or ten have really lost their structural integrity. So I would be concerned about the weight that is above it. You have hundreds of pounds, thousands of pounds, tens of thousands of pounds of the actual roof, the plywood, the trusses. And the last thing that you want is for that to settle uh, and to, to fall or something like that. So I personally, if I owned this home, uh, I would get a structural engineer involved in the process. Now, when you purchased the home, did you have it inspected by a home inspector? Well, I haven't. I haven't purchased. I actually moved in um, with the notion to purchase it, and we just noticed that, you know, the kitchen ceiling, the 12-foot ceiling, so we noticed a crack all the way across the top, and there's some columns in the kitchen that the roof is sagging a little bit, and that's what kind of brought my attention, so I went up there and looked at it, and all this stuff was going on. But I haven't actually purchased a home yet, I just... I don't know if it's even worth messing with or if I should just wash my hands of the whole thing and move on or I don't know what to do. Yeah, I will. I personally, I mean, just, you know, it could, it could be a minor issue. It could be a major issue, but you don't know until you know. So, and, and the problem is, is I wouldn't rely on a, um, a home inspector for this. I wouldn't rely on even a contractor for this. I personally would get a structural engineer involved if I was seriously considering purchasing the house. Because, again, it might be a major issue. It might be a minor issue. I personally would get a structural engineer involved. Uh, and so if you just, you know, Google structural engineer Jacksonville, you can find some that work on residential projects. Usually it'd be a few hundred bucks to have them come out and take a look at it. And I would just have them look at it, see the repairs that were made, see what they think is causing it, and, uh, and go from there. So that's what I would personally do. Do you think this would even pass inspection with a regular inspection? Well, hopefully not. No, no. If they, if they, if they catch it, but it's not. You know, I mean, you had asked about code. Code is for new construction, right? So, it it, it probably did pass code theoretically in two thousand six, but the codes are different today, and so. Yeah. You know, so there, there many times repairs to trusses are that you would sister next to them. So that by itself doesn't concern me. It's the fact that it occurred. And I just want to make sure that it's not going to happen to all the rest of the trusses or that there's some not other, some other issue where all the trusses are defective or where there's some sort of settling somewhere. I just would want you to make sure that it's that it's not a larger issue. OK, I appreciate it. Yep. I'll Thanks, actually, uh, I'll actually do that today. Thank you very much. Sounds good. Thanks, brother. Really appreciate right, your call you. and, and, and good luck with that. All right. If you want to take his line number to dial here, 340-1045. Again, 340-1045. Uh, we have to take a quick break for news. When we get back, uh, Jamie uh, has a question from St. Augustine. Dean uh, has a question of what, as well about radiant barriers. Uh, lots of stuff to get to today on In the House. Uh, if you want to call with your home improvement questions, 340-1045. Get a chance to check out the website, inthehouseshow.com, or my company site, universalroofjacks.com. You're listening to In the House on News 104.5 WOKV.
Ask the Experts weekend continues within the house with Jared. For all your questions on roofing, siding, and home improvement in general, call 340-1045. Jared at Universal Roof and Contracting is ready to answer your questions. In the house on News 104.5 WOKV. Hey, hey, that's right. Welcome back. In the house, your home improvement questions are answered right here, right now. Love for you to be a part of the show. Number to dial 340-1045. Again, 340-1045. You can email me a question to questions at universalroofjacks.com. All right, let's go straight back to the phones. Let's talk to Jamie in St. Augustine. Uh, Jamie, how are you today? Hi, good morning, Jared. How are you doing? Doing really well, thanks. Um, I just had a general question in the construction industry itself. Sure. Um, with um, all these builders uh, that are building all communities and stuff, they tend to subcontract a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. maybe such as roofing as yourself. Do you find in any uh, part of the industry it's lacking a little bit where they need more uh, vendors, whether it's pools or pavers or shutters, whatever they have you that they tend to subcontract out? Where you, were, where you would say to yourself, you know, they can really use more vendors doing this stuff. There's not a lot of guys around doing it. Sure. Are you are you thinking about uh, opening a specific division or something? Is that what? Sure, is... and I'd like to get a little insight. Sure. So, I mean, if if we look, I mean, the construction industry, I mean, I'm in the construction industry, so right? So I love the construction industry. I've been in it from the time I was a little kid. My background is, is that my dad was a custom home builder when I was growing up. And so I would be, you know, two and three years old going on job sites with my dad. And, and so I've just, I've always been around construction. And so I've just, I've always loved construction. And so... And then in, in the early 90s, uh, I, I graduated from high school, and then my dad had gotten out of construction for a little bit, and then we, um, in the early 90s, ended up starting what started out as a roofing company, and then over the years, you know, I ended up getting my general contractor's license, and, and now we do more stuff. So the the thing is, is that I, I think that if we look at every aspect of the sub trades, so the sub trades would be like electrical, plumbing, um, you know, HVAC, uh, roofing, exterior Pool, envelope, pavers, painting, right, pools, right? Yeah, yeah. The prospective home buyer wants to add. Right. So if I think that if we look at any of those industries or any of those subcategories, there would be lacking components in each of those of companies doing it well. So what I what I mean by that is that that if you start a business, actually serve the customer, actually do a good job, follow through, do what you say you're going to do, I don't think that it matters which one of those trades you end up selecting because you're going to look so much better than what the competition is out there. If we look at the workforce in, in the United States, the, it's just our tendency as a country is, is that we focus a lot on college and we don't necessarily focus on people who aren't necessarily set out to go to college. So we, if we look at, at a qualified 
um, uh, quality workforce were just lacking in the United States. And so if you decided to take on any one of those categories, whether it's pools, whether it's roofing, whether it's plumbing, whether it's HVAC, I think that you would find that you could be successful in those areas uh, if you do a really good job. So what uh, I would yeah, say... I, mean, I don't argue that, but I mean, you're going to tell me there's not something specifically where you're like, yeah, you know what, there's really... You know, there's really not a, a there's demand for it, and there's not a ton of vendors. Sure. So, I, so that was the first part of the the answer, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna um and I'm gonna swing around to the to the second areas, which is the areas that I think that are the most lacking. I think the areas that are that are the most lacking would be the more highly technical trade areas. So, if you look at plumbing, if you look at electrical, and if you look at HVAC, I think that those going forward are going to be the most lacking because they are the highest. Um, uh, they're the, uh, yeah, yeah. I think that those are going to be the most lacking going forward. I don't think that they necessarily are today. I think today what you would find the, the highest lacking would be the, the, um, you know, painting and, uh, the, what, what would, you know, be considered even roofing would be considered the, the lower, um, um, uh, you know the the kind of qualifications and stuff. yeah the lower qualification ones so but i would i would choose the area that you, you know that you're the most passionate about in other words right, right. because i mean that's really what matters because all of them are lacking you know what i mean right. and construction you is th you think there's, there's as far as what they what you personally know like they do sub out is it a mostly interior or exterior or is it about the same as far as what they usually do well, with new construction, I, they're going to sub everything. I mean, a builder typically with new construction is going to sub everything. Everything is going to – I mean, that's the model typically what of, do the, they do? They of the home just, They just do a, the foundation and a framing? That's no, it. all of that is subbed. Most builders, most builders are, they're designed as construction managers. So what they do is that they're going to, you know, they're going to do the plans and then they're going to use subcontractors on all of those. They're not going to have self-performing self work. They're going to have a, a project manager oversee it and they're going to sub electrical, they're going to sub plumbing, they're going to sub, sub foundation, block, painting, flooring, they're going to sub everything is the typical model of, of most, like, track-style builders. Custom builders may decide, you know, they're going to have trim people on staff or they'll have right. painters on staff or something. But you're going to find most GCs that that you can't have, you know, qualified installers that do everything. You know what I mean? And so right. it, they're, they're typically going to subcontract everything. Right. I, I would think, like, what they can make the most percentage on, they're going to do themselves, and then whenever there's not a high you know, percentage on those sub out. Yeah, but what you're going to find is is that with with most builders to carry that person on staff, if you if you have painters on staff, you have to have those individual painters busy every day painting. Right. And if you and if you look at what communities they're building, they're not doing painting every single day. So then, what do you do with those guys when you're not using them? So the model in new construction what you're going to find the model is 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 the subcontractor model it's it's not on staff now remodelers that's different you know a lot of times with remodelers you know they they a lot of times will have tradespeople who can do multiple style of projects but the new construction model is typically a subcontractor model right so are you in construction now 
No, no, I was toying around the idea with a couple with a couple people who are in the plumbing industry. Yeah. I mean, plumbing is a great industry. I mean, it takes, you know, the, the test. I've heard that the, I'm, I'm personally not a licensed plumber. I, I've taken four state licenses, and, and I've heard that plumbing is one of the, one of the hardest ones. And, and, but they do, plumbing does it right in that they do have um, at least, uh, you know, some sort of training process. And they, they do have, uh, you know, a, a process of, of, of building people up through the, um, through the plumbing industry. Right. So, um, you know, you got to have the work experience. You have to, you know, work underneath someone else for a time period in order to get licensed. Right, uh, like apprentice. Yep, yep. But, um, but, you know, plumbing is a, you know, is a great industry for sure. I love construction. I mean, and I, you know, I, I have a tendency to focus on the exterior. So we, we have a tendency to focus on, you know, roofing, siding, windows, exterior wise. Right, uh, gutters uh, and stuff. Yeah, but um, but we don't do any new construction. Like I don't work. My model is that I don't work for builders. My model is is that I work direct for homeowners. But um, but the new any constru- re- any particular reason why the paying process really slow with builders? No, it's just a, it's just a different model. So like my model is is that I go direct to consumers, which means I have marketing budgets and I have all of those things and I have customer service related stuff because I'm dealing directly with customers. And the model for new construction is, is that you, you're going after builders and then your customer service has to do with the scheduling of around the builder schedule. So it's, it's just a different model and a different price point. And right. so, um, so it's just, there's not one is better than the other. It's just, that's my model is that I've, I, I love homeowners. I like the direct relationship. I love, uh, and I, and I have more of a replacement model where we're, where we're taking not plans and going to them. We have to look at the, the scenario as it is on site. Right. Yeah. So it's just a different, it's just a different business model and it's a, it's a different, um, it's a different skill set. If you take a, a new construction uh, exterior guy and put them on remodels or retrofits, they're not necessarily going to do as well. And the same thing, like a, right, a guy who focuses like mostly finish work and stuff. Yeah, a guy who focuses on new construction, it's a different scheduling process. It's a different customer relationship. It's a different all of those things. So it, it's just a, a different model. Most of the time, it's a it's a different type of company that does you know new construction and retrofit work. Gotcha. So, so all right, thanks for all the info. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Uh, yeah, anytime. Uh, ha- have a great day and, and good good luck with that uh, for sure. But thanks for the questions. I appreciate it. Interesting question. I you know I've been doing a, a a radio show, a home improvement radio show now for about eighteen or nineteen years, and uh, that's actually the first time I've gotten that question. It's uh, it's interesting. Uh, so if you're not in construction, uh, the thanks for bearing with us as we uh, as we had that conversation. I uh, I found it uh, I found it interesting. I most of the time we get, have a tendency to get the same sort of questions here on the show, uh, but uh, that was a little bit different. So thanks for that question and thanks for uh, for listening. All right, that music means I got to take a break. Still have one segment left. So if you want to call with your home improvement questions, doesn't matter what it is three four zero one zero four five. You're listening to in the house on News one zero four five WOKV. Hello, welcome back in the house. Your home improvement questions are answered. All you got to do is give us a call. Number here, 340-1045. Last chance for today's show. If you don't get a chance to come in and uh, ask me a question, you can go to our website, inthehouseshow.com, and uh, look at uh, previous shows uh, as well as uh, our blog. All right, let's go to Maria on the north side. How are you today, Maria? 
I'm fine, thank you. I'm calling because my husband and I have been trying to redo a kitchen. You know, we saved up some money, but we're scared to take that leap because of two things, how to ensure that we find somebody reputable mm-hmm. and, you know, making sure that we, when we walk away that we're not displeased with the work. Yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, hiring a contractor can be tough. And, and so a lot of times, you know, you don't know whether or not they're good until the project's done and you look back and you say, okay, how was that experience? And so, but the problem is, is by then it's too late. And, you know, kitchens are one of those things where, you know, they're in your house, you know what I mean? And, you know, the kitchen is the heart of the home. And, Mm -hmm. and so, you know, so, you know, they're in your house, you got to take everything out. You you know, I mean, it's just, a, it's a process. And so it is extremely important with any project, but especially with kitchens. Correct. So the, the first place I always start when trying to hire a contractor is, is referrals from friends or neighbors. Um, you know, if you have a friend or a neighbor who's used a company in the past, then that's always a, um, you know, it's always a, a good reference point. Um, it, and specifically with kitchen, the design is such a key. You know, there's a lot of really good contractors out there who know how to do construction, but that doesn't mean that they necessarily know how to design a kitchen so that it's functional and so that it's aesthetically pleasing. So, right. um, so I want you to spend a lot of time on the front end on the design part to, to really thinking it about most uh, kitchen and bathroom modeling companies have designed software you where you can actually see what the kitchen is going to look like before. Okay. Uh, there's two primary versions. One's called 2020. The other is, is called uh, Pro Kitchen. Those are the two most common. I also, you know, if you go to the big box stores, um, they actually have uh, some some pretty good options on, on uh, kitchens as well. A lot of times with home improvements, I don't recommend the big box stores, but they actually do a pretty good job. Personally, I, I think that Lowe's does a little bit better job than Home Depot kitchen wise. I think their selections are better and I think their designs are better. So I would take a look at that. Um, and then, um, you know, reviews and then you need to interview them. You have them come to your house. You interview at least three of them. Yeah. Uh, there, if you go to our, if you go to my website, universalroofjacks.com and there's a little search button there where you can search. And if you search how to choose a contractor, there's a, uh, a whole uh, article that I wrote about choosing contractors and what questions to ask. Uh, and so it, it has a bunch of really good questions that you wouldn't necessarily normally think of and spend a lot of time on the front end uh, because this is a relationship that you're building with them and you have to make sure that you trust them. And if there's any red flags, uh, then then obviously stop the process where it is. So um, good luck with that, Maria. Sorry, I don't have more time to, to spend with you, but I got a couple other callers I got to I got to handle. All right. So, Jerry in Arlington, how can I help you? You there, Jerry? Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Can you hear me? Yep, I can. I got uh, a shed was built without the permit. I mean, it was built properly. Everything is good with it. But what what could be the repercussions to it? Uh, Is it already done? And it has the municipality said something to you? No, no. But I'm just I'm I'm you know starting to get concerned. You know, sometimes some neighbors and stuff. So I just sure I just want to find out. You know what what could be the repercussions and what could I do? Yeah, I mean, theoretically, the repercussions is they could make you tear it down. So um, that's the 
that's in general what they would what they could do. What I would do is I would go down to the municipality that you're in, and then go down and talk to them and said, "Hey, listen, you know, before you give them your name and your right. address, say, hey, listen, this is this is what happened. There was a shed bill. What's the process of getting this? Um, you know, can we retroactively have this inspected?" Typically, there's going to be inspections that are going to have to be followed. You have to get a permit in advance. Uh, there's drawings that have to be done and then inspections that have to be done. So I would go down there and just chat with them and see what they're going to see what they say. The closer you are to the install, in other words, if it was done last week, it's better to do it now than it was five years from now, five years ago. You know what I mean? And so uh -huh. soon, well, I, sooner is better I, than later. Okay. Well, I do have pictures of the whole process showing, you know, the plates that were nailed on and, and, and all of that, using the proper nails and all that. Yeah, a lot okay. of municipalities, if you proactively go down, they're going to work with you more than after you get caught. I got you. Ah, yeah. that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Well, I thank you very much for your time, and I love listening to your show. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. All right. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. -ba -ba.